This is All In Politics on the All In Network. It's the real to real. The Jump Off with your host, Walt Damage and Rob Cooper Jr. Music by DNA Beats. And now, All In Politics. politics platform on an all-in network. I'm your host, Walter Damager, and I'm here along my trusty co-host, and Mr. Extraordinaire. Can you hear me, Rob? Rob, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, so I was just bringing us in. So if you can let the audience know who we're having a show with. Yeah, first of all, welcome everyone to All In Politics. We have a really uh, action-packed show and really interesting uh, show tonight. Uh, we want to go deep into probably one of the reasons why what we even started this podcast um, to begin to give the voice... Um, the voice to the voiceless and being the voice of of the community and that is something that um, is near and dear to me particularly as we bring our discussion in today to talk about black radio you know black radio has been a staple in our community uh for over 60 to 70 years um and i know for a fact for myself for my my 53 years uh on this planet you know i grew up listening in in philadelphia uh, to uh, some black radio stations, um, WDAS, uh, WHAT, and then you have some of the, you know, the other uh, black in Baltimore. And, uh, but they've always been a real staple to the community, not just the radio part, but also our black media partners, even in the newspapers, you know, the, the, uh, the Tribune. Um, you know, the, so these are things that we, you know, have really began to um become accustomed but we we see it slipping away and one of our guests today is a philly radio legend uh miss uh, lisa fairfax uh first of all good evening lisa good evening robert and uh to your cast mates <laughs> thank you uh yeah it, it is a, it is a uh an honor to have you on um, you know, first of all, I, I love for you to just really just talk a little bit about your career um, in in radio. Um, I've been following your career since. Oh my God, I'm not even gonna give up our age, but you've been on <laughs> you've been on radio since you were in elementary school. So don't you tell 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 the uh, the our, our podcast audience just a little bit about Lisa Fairfax. All right, I'm uh, Philadelphia, born and bred. Uh, Westbound area is where I grew up, <laughs> and. There, there, uh, there was no thought to radio once at all, at all in my life before I think I turned 16 years old. Um, I was interested in a whole lot of other different things as children are, but I think at that point, um, I was really into listening to the radio. I remember looking um, back some time ago, I, I, I don't know whatever happened to all these pieces of paper, but at some point when I was in junior high school, I don't know why I did it really, but I used to listen to DAS uh, at the time. Anybody, just about anybody in FM 
um, what we would consider urban radio or urban contemporary radio was actually playing um, album sort of oriented things, the, the entire concept rather than just a song or a track. And I started keeping track of the tracks. So I was listening to DAS and I was, oh, I like this song and this is what they played, as though I was a DJ already. So time passes. Uh, I actually was walking home one day on Lincoln Drive and a fella slowed his car. And I was wearing my little girl's high jacket. I went to girls high school. And this fella slowed his car and he said something like, uh, oh, I went to Central. And I looked over my shoulder like, and what? It turned out it was E. Stephen Collins. And he was trying to be cute, <laughs> but he had no idea I was me and I didn't know he was he until I saw the Stephen Collins on his jacket. And I was like, oh, well, let me just keep that in mind. Uh, fast forward a couple of more years and I actually had a chance at having an extra, what we would consider an externship, I guess. I wasn't affiliated with anyone for an internship, but I had the opportunity to join Maurice Brown, who was then the production director at DASFM when they were in the park by themselves at an independently owned station. That's I right, think right. that's a thing we are, we're going to be going over, I think, once that's we get right. deeply into this conversation. So I had the opportunity to work in production on a black station with a black manager doing things for the community when it was a community-oriented radio station. I'm sorry to say that that's not the case anymore these days, not with anybody really uh, on FM in this town in, in, in Philadelphia, where we're from. Right. Um, but eventually I ended up uh, going to WRTI and staying there for many happy years as a, as a college student uh, doing what was then 24 hour jazz radio and with student directors and student operators um, making it happen. So quite frankly, that was when WRTI was at its best when we were at that transition between a community based uh, uh, operation to when it was a college training ground for people who were actually making partaking in black heritage music. So I love that and I miss that. Um, as now I'm a, I'm a traffic and news produced, uh, produced uh, anchor for um, a large conglomerate in this city and in others. <laughs> and uh, it, it could go any way at any time, I guess. That's right. That's right. You you left out uh, back when you know I was a young producer. You left out uh, also a a softball star for for uh, oh. some of the traffic. <laughs> no, I was a trash talking cheerleader. Um, and, and I had I had rhymes maybe for some cheers, but I was an unofficially. Nah, I, I, you if you if, I have a problem playing softball. I always have. I take the bat with me to first base, and I understand that that's not done. So I, I relegate myself to the side and use my mouth as always for a conduit of peace and, and disruption at the same time. There were some good times, good times. <laughs> I do. I miss those days, really. I yes, do. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, and, you know, when we when we talking about radio, thank you so much for not only just giving us a really backtrack uh, backdrop of your career, but really your career really runs synonymously with the history of, of black radio, which we're, we're, we're which we're about to get into. Um, and I, and I'm, I'll talk about social media. First of all, folks, you can get at me at, at Rob Cooper on Instagram, not Twitter. And I, speaking of Twitter, um, you know, when you're, I mean, in Instagram, uh, when you're normally I'm scrolling down Instagram and maybe see a celebrity picture or two. 
uh, uh, some maybe a news story may pop up. But most of the times, what you do is you when you run through on, on Instagram, is you run through memes. And generally, what I do is just scroll past them. But I was scrolling past one day, and I ran past a meme. I actually scrolled past it, and I had to scroll back. I said, "Wait a minute, Mm-mm. this meme actually hit hit a nerve here." And I'm gonna read it to the to the audience. It, it says, um, uh, "Black music." on the radio is nearly 100% weaponized at this point. There is virtually no balance, no love songs, no ballads, just hyper-sexualized buffoonery. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had to read that three, four times. She did that well, didn't she? Ooh, she she did that. (laughs) And I had to go back and read that several times because, you know, Walt the Damage, as you know, I've been screaming this from the tippy top of my lungs mm. since I left, you know, radio, mm. um, and where I saw it was going. And this is in the mid '90s when I was when I was uh, speaking this. And Lisa, I, I actually I posted on my Facebook page, yeah. and Lisa, you came in and made, made some some comments, and you really you really hit dead on. And I promise you, Walt, Lisa and I never had this conversation before, right. but you literally you literally quoted me verbatim of Ooh. things that I've been saying for the last 20 to 25 years and that's i want to really talk a little bit about that you know kind of like go we'll, we'll talk about the effects before we get into the causes so the effects you mentioned first you mentioned about mr christopher wallace Ooh. Um, most of us know him as no, notorious big or some of yeah. you know biggie biggie small big, big Papa. Big trigger Papa. warning y'all we're yes. going to say some things about biggie <laughs> <laughs> and you're not gonna necessarily like it. That's right. And and so, you know, as a person that I'm I'm, you know, was in, in radio as well, and I would just go I, I and I was a grew up just like you, Lisa. Um, you know, listening to radio because as folks don't know in Philadelphia and while you're a young boy, so you might not remember this, we didn't have cable. So radio was all we had. So, you know, instead of ESPN, we had we had a sports talk radio station. Instead of BET, we didn't we didn't get BET. When I went to college, that's when I found out about BET from all my classmates who live in other areas outside of Philadelphia. But we had the radio. So we didn't have the music videos unless we, we stayed up on Friday nights to watch, and watch them. the music box and pay for them. Exactly, and pay for them. So <laughs> so, so I'm I'm listening, you know. Um, Chuck D came out with a song called Don't Believe the Hype and he really airs out a lot of his grievances of of conscious rap which pretty much all the rap music at that time was pretty much we would deem it conscious rap and he was saying that he couldn't get any their frustration was they could not get any radio play so for an example folks particularly the kids listening out here when I was growing up the only time that we were able to listen to rap music in general was generally in late late in the night, and that's what Chuck D said in his song, you know, or in the wee hours of the morning. And then all of a sudden, in more or less the late 80s, maybe towards the early 90s, we started hearing rap music now triggering in the workday uh, schedules. You know, the morning show started coming in on the morning shows. And then in the with the uh, the middays from 10 to 2, which you almost <laughs> never heard rap music. It started getting placed in there. And and that was for some folks that people looked at that as a victory. And it was. But little did we know what this thing would turn out to be. 
And we look at that Biggie. Now you're hearing Biggie. I'm I'm at work now, working doing my work day, and I can hear Biggie. Biggie, give me another chance or whatever. And I'm just saying, how did we go from Lisa? And we'll talk a little bit about this because you were a little bit closer to it at that time than me. Because yeah. uh, how did we go from a conscious rapper like like Public Enemy, uh, X Plan, X Plan, and all that? No righteous teachers, no righteous me. teachers, right? How how did we go from them not getting any radio play in the, in the mid '80s, mid to late '80s, to Big Papa give us another chance? On a consistent rotation. Mm. How, how to, speak to me on that. Well, I'm not a radio executive and, and not that way a professional. I'm a, what, what Jojo Davis used to call a soldier in the field. I've only ever been on the microphone side of things. I'm not a decision maker at all at, at, at any level. So you are literally asking somebody who does the, the, who does the work that you hear on the air. What I think happened, since I was never included in any of these conversations about content, is that uh, we were too conscious, and it was becoming too obvious, and it was it was uh, unfolding on more public platforms than ever since the '70s, the '60s, when we were when when Rob and Lisa were itty bitty. And uh, their parents were listening to radio and their parents were listening perhaps to um, uh, what we used to call race records. Um, the kinds of records, uh, you may have heard that um, some of your elders listened to comedy records or, um, or early versions of rap that were, uh, they used to call it blue. They used language. They used um, actually not so much uh, curse words as metaphor that was well understood by the masses. Um, you know, it was it, we've always talked in code. Black folks always talked in code. Uh, all cultures speak their own codes. So once, um, I think once we stopped owning our own uh, communications, you know, we, we worked for Power 99. I worked, uh, I never worked for DAS. A lot of people think I do or did. Um, but when when black radio and other radio stations were literally independently owned, you had one in a, you had one in a city. It's very expensive to own radio. <laughs> Excuse me, you have to keep the lights on. You got a lot of electrical concerns. You use a lot of fossil fuel just having a radio station on. So when it became expensive, when it became cost prohibitive for some who were independent, um, we, they got offers. And radio is real estate. It's air to y'all, but <laughs> to those listening, but it's real estate and it's very important. And when one can get a control of a, of a communications idiom, uh, one is strong. They, they, you know, you've heard them say the, the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, that's newspaper, y'all. Um, uh, you know, it, it takes but so many words to make a picture. That's, you know, your photographs. You know, you could say it with so many words or you could say it with a picture. Um, we say it with words and we do it in air. And when air got expensive to provide, uh, corporations started to purchase. And that didn't mean that these are corporations who were in the radio business. This could have been a car company uh, selling Cadillacs for years. Who know? I'm just making something up. Just something, something that's in a, a well-established business who could afford to fritter away, let's just say, some money on playing in radio. So a lot of corporations not in the radio business started snapping up radio real estate. P 
paying the bills and pushing out independence. And and when you're owned by, let's just say, uh, a company that has billboards at bus stops. These are the kinds of people who roll in the millions and billions that it takes to run a radio station or five or 10 across the nation. And it pushes little people out. It pushes independent producers and it pushes minority voices, brown, black voices out. And what happened was they heard us getting stronger and becoming conscious at the independent radio level. And they started saying, you know what, nah, that's not a profitable type of music. We're going to pull the plug on that. They weren't promoting it anyway, as you've already noted, they were putting it on. And I'm not saying this because at the time the um, the the federal government had, had um, systems and a sense of order about it. So yes, you did FCC things. If you had questionable language, you went on after 10 o'clock, the safe haven hour, where your children, quote unquote, your children aren't listening. Now your four-year-old can, can twerk with the best of them. And when I first heard a little baby, I'm gonna say a little three-year-old child, heard the first strains of what I would call a debarge tune, and that little child said, ooh, Biggie, my heart just sang. Mm. Because my problem with Biggie, and I'll just jump to that and you can fill in in the middle, is that white folks did not have a problem with black folks wallowing in their uh, misery, in their self-destruction, in profiting off of their own black bodies, um, pimp culture. They were all right with us selling pimp culture. I challenge you to find any Christopher Wallace tune with lyrics that are positive, with lyrics that are, and then this was the result, and and this bad thing happened, and this was the result. Slick Rick was like, yeah, this happened, and that happened, and it was catchy, and he rapped about it, but there was a consequence to being on the underside of, of society. And... Corporate America does not mind black folks wallowing in the underside of their own subcultures. When we're not being positive, they're all right with that. They like the sound of our misery. They love blues music. If you go to a blues concert and see how many white folks you see versus black folks. Go to a rap concert in mm, any city and all you see is Look, suburban children, they can afford That's the right. tickets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. And they can't wait to imitate our culture. We're catchy. We're we've always been fashionable. Pimps are not. We've been fashionable. And you know what? I well, I'll I'll come to that maybe when you ask a question in the future. But um, they started playing Biggie on one of the white stations in the Philadelphia cluster where I work. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up at a meeting with someone I did sit and they, hey, let's let's talk about that biggie. And I'm like, I was shocked to hear it on your stations because um, I'm afraid some 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 little white girl's daddy is going to hear that she's uh, <laughs> she's she's uh, quoting biggie lyrics. That's right. Wow. Go, look That's... Them, go look them up and find out why somebody's daddy might be upset with that. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. And I'm glad that you brought up. Um, well, first of all, let me thank you for. Uh, making the time to appear on our podcast to bring more awareness uh, to the listeners out here because a lot of people really do not know what it takes to become a broadcaster or a radio personality. Um, but me and Rob had many a conversations and I know that I have brought his attention uh, if he can recollect the term payola. 
I know you talked about the real estate and you Uh-oh. talked about buying up. Um, a lot of these artists that really shouldn't be on this radio are backed by some of these corporations and these uh-huh. shadow owners. They get them on and play them seven, eight, nine times a day when it shouldn't even really be played at all. Well, you know, they they stopped um, they stopped requiring any of us to have an FCC license to broadcast. So a lot of the rules got thrown away. This isn't the same radio as it was when there were rules. Wow. So, so my my little yellow card that I laminated when when I was in I'm college, so, I'm so right? proud, I was so proud to have that that, that ain't worth that ain't worth right. No more. No, it's not worth the laminate you spent. Ooh. Wow. And um, no, right. let me just let me say to you, there are people who've been in the business twenty years and more who don't have that card. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> that's how long it's been. Longer than that twenty years. That's how long it's been. And you know, the, let's the, go the back to that. don't really apply anymore. So let, let's talk a little bit about the changes in the in the uh, FCC. And by no means am I a communications law or um, expert or anything. No, I but, just have to take that test like twice a year. That, yeah, right. That I understand the rules that, just, but, that you dogs don't have a card for anymore. But exactly, and you know, and you know, one of the things I do, re- you know, remember. Um, you know, it's been 30 years now since I, I, I've been in that business. No. But I do recall we used to have to have, you know, a certain amount of, and I, I'm moving from the music now to kind of public affairs and, and, and information. Right. We would always have to have, and I know because I was the, you know, of course you you, you know Lisa. Saturday, Sunday. They they put the, they put the, they put the brother, you know, you know the brother. This this is your job, you know. Right. You you got to go in and insert back on all the logger tape to to at least make up that you know the fact that we did X amount of hours of public service or mm-hmm. you know we we shared our airways to the community like you yeah. said about community radio to you know keep the feds off our backs. That was well, in job. order to in order to provide safe haven for information and for right, people right. who are underserved. Correct. <laughs> well, you know, all and, these quotes and, 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 and apostrophes. <laughs> and, and I and I knew, I knew, and I, I'll, I'll say this is probably my only little bit of claim of fame in, in the Philly market. I was the guy who put up the pod, and not not meaning podcast, but pod no. in the industry is just the volume button. That's all it is. I was the one who brought in the pot to bring in Rush Limbaugh to to the Philadelphia market. Ooh, I'm a hurt you. <laughs> and I'll never forget that day. It was a fall day, kind of like today in 1992. And I was pulling, when I was putting up, and you can hear that music. Do, 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 do. I know. I was slowly, was as I was slowly, you know, pulling that volume up, up, up to broadcast levels. I knew that from that day on, you were really flushing my, career, my <laughs> career correct my career in, in broadcasting was heading to the end mm. and not only that but broadcasting as we knew it mm-hmm. was dead yeah simulcasting actually there are some who would argue that the fly jock killed our radio killed black mm-hmm. radio mm-hmm. um yep. i'm gonna have to say yeah uh, you took a lot of jobs by doing that. You took yeah. you took local radio away from the people who needed it most, and in marginalized communities where we're only twenty or twelve or you know tw- some some low double digit number, you know in it in an area in a municipality in a in a in a greater metropolitan area, um, you're taking you're taking that ability to speak away from people. Um, yeah, that 
to give it to one person, to keep from having to pay benefits for the family of that one person. Um, you've silenced a lot of people who were quite articulate. I can't remember the last time I listened to radio and didn't have to correct a jock in my head. That's right. Or, or didn't realize that that jock just completely mispronounced the name of the sponsor. For the, for the past few months. I'm just going to say, not yeah. calling any names because these people work here. Right, right, right. But and I'm just, know, there, there are no checks and balances on quality anymore. There is no production director. It's It kind of all fell apart when we decided it was okay to self-publish books. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. look, anybody can write a book and you can publish it at home on your desktop. Blah, blah, blah. Now it's anybody can do radio. And when the corporations came in and decided, you know, what, well, we're just going to snatch this up. They can't afford to pay their bills anymore. So we'll we'll pay them. You ever, you, you've, you've heard lately with the sponsored by name of your uh, Philly lawyer, not any particular Philly lawyer. I'm just saying that's right, that's right. A, that's yeah. what I said. Yes, this hour belongs to this. You're now not just sponsored by, you are the station that is the thing that is your sponsor. So it's it's the uh, the Lisa Fairfax Corporation station, just because I bought an hour's time. That's right. Just because yeah. I said, I'll sponsor Rob's show. Oh, now it's the Lisa Fairfax Rob, Rob Cooper show. You know what I mean? It's like you're I feel like I feel a little bit indentured anymore. (laughs) I feel a little bit like, um, okay, so our overseer sponsors this hour. And then occasionally the actual overseer takes the time away from the black person speaking. So there's that. Um, There's there's there is no way for us to really get the culture out anymore because white people control the corporations that can afford to run these radio stations and they're doing it the way they want it to be heard. They're doing it so that you can hear it simultaneously on several stations. That way they can keep costs down. And by the way, we're going to let amateurs do it. We're, we're thinking, and I don't know what they were thinking, we're thinking you'd be interested as a listener to hear someone not professional open the mic and do this job. Mm. Ooh, ooh, somebody. Let me. I stepped on somebody's horns with that one. Mm. Yeah, let, yeah, anybody can do. Let me snatch up somebody off this bus stop for the urban part of what we're doing. Let me go snatch how you doing off the corner and see how he do it and all this vernacular. Now I'm hearing commercials literally where somebody's selling cars and selling at you from the back fence. Yes. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. what we're, I miss the sophistication of even a person who was blue collar in the 60s, who was doing what we consider a blue collar job, has still had things to, when you called into a show in the 60s, when you called into a show in the 70s, these were when we were kids, when, right. some, people, when some people in the room were kids. But right. they look into any old shows, say on YouTube, there was a show called um, Soul. It was a dance show. It also had social commentary, a little bit like Soul Train. But when you asked a person of that era in the audience of a, of something of that time, they had something articulate and mm-hmm. g- germane to say, and they didn't have to go to college to do it. Mm-hmm. Now you can't find even a college-educated person who's articulate in, and, and put a microphone in that person's face as a man on the street, so to speak. They're you know, always taking us as the man in the street, making us, you know, put a, we have a bonnet on our head or we, yes. we're sitting here smoking a cigarette out the corner of our mouth and talking. Right. And you can't wait to put us in our underwear on television to make a point. That's right. So you know, the whole, speaking of that, 
you know, speaking of that, you you know, you mentioned, and I, and I tell folks, uh, first of all, uh, folks, you're listening to All In Politics with your host, Walt the Damager, and I'm at Rob Cooper uh, Jr. Uh, if you, you're hearing this hard-hitting, smash-mouth, un, unfiltered, uh, talk radio cut, like it used uncut to be, raw. all cut raw. That we that we that we go at it every uh, two weeks on this uh, platform. And if you want to hear more information on this platform, uh, and also sports uh, sports talk with my son Elijah Cooper, who can't be here. He's normally our producer. He's at a wedding. Um, well, uh, first of all, we want you to go over to our YouTube channel at All In Network. The All In Network. YouTube channel and Walt, when they get over there, man, um, what what should they do? What they do all the time, they grab any type of device that they can utilize all the platforms on to listen to it, view it, or whatever else the case may be. You're gonna grab it, do a 360 turn, slam dunk, and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> smash that subscribe button over on our YouTube uh, channel. And also, before we went to that quick break, Lisa Fairfax gave us a uh, gave uh, us youngsters a uh, an assignment. When you're while you're over at YouTube, go check out go check out uh, Soul. But one thing, at least I wonder, uh, you you've been hitting on a, a, quite a few things. And and one of the things that I've noticed how radio was going. Uh, in the uh, late 90s, uh, early 2000s, it was kind of now, as we, we see, not just the black radio, but also just community radio in general was, was damn near abolished. So you had a choice. Like, for instance, back in our day, before digital, before streaming, things like that, you could, I'm just going to give everyone this visual, just kind of close your eyes and think about being in your car. And when you're driving on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and you're, 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 you're a fan of black radio and black music. So you're listening to either, either Power 99 or DAS, whatever station that you listen to at that time. You're going to drive on that Turnpike and you're going to probably by the time you get out of King of Prussia or into the Reading kind of exit, you're gonna lose that signal. And if you don't have a tape or a CD, and you're traveling to Pittsburgh, you're in for a long ride, buddy. You're gonna be in trouble. You're gonna be in trouble if you forgot your, your, your tape. And it's interesting because until you get to the Pittsburgh area where you can pick up Whammo. Right. So now, as we got more closer to like the 2000s though, that wasn't the case. Now all of a sudden, now all now you can get all the quote unquote. I'm gonna call it. I'm not calling it hip hop. I'm gonna call it rap music. Mm, yeah, because it wasn't hip hop. It was not hip hop. You can get, you know, and, and it and, is and, not hip hop. No, it's not. And you can and you can get all laughing. Now you can drive through the same way you have your radio on. You get the as well. I'm still your line. You get the laffy tappy. You can buy you a drink and everything else until you get to Pittsburgh. And if you don't want to use that, you then. You have to turn over. If you want to go to the AM station, the only thing that you're going to listen to is conservative talk radio. It used to be uh, um, Rush Limbaugh. He done passed on. Now, now it's Sean Henley. <laughs> now it's Sean. Now it's Sean Henley. That's it. Or or maybe you may catch you may catch ESPN's the the, the Disney uh, version of sports. You know, it, you got three choices now: buffoonery, conservative talk, or sports. And they tend to all they they tend to end up on the same dial anyway. There's a bunch yes. of conservatives who just want to allow the Joe no, Joe Average to run his mouth, however he finds a platform. 
Right. It could be it could be a political yeah 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 on a sports. So they they cross culture all the time, even on the white stations. But yeah, they 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 keep the they keep their conservative uh, voices out there as as out front as possible, and they keep our marginalized voices as uh, organized as, as plantation organized as possible. Good. Well, you were saying something? No, I'm saying they're suppressing us. You know, and, and that's what it is. It, and it all came out. It came out to light, too, this week with John Gruden. You know, a lot, a lot of those those emails that John Gruden was sending with, to the Washington uh, Redskins, he was part of the of the media. You know what? You can't let old folks play on it. You just can't let us play um, <laughs> with social media. We, that's right. Oh, my Oh my God! We don't know what we're doing all the time, you know. That's we, right. we don't know what button to touch. We, right. we we're forever turning it on and it's off, or turning it off and it's supposed to be on. And Gruden, he's of an age, so yeah. uh, they I guess they think uh, they say it and like we're talking now. If no one's taking a transcript, oh, you didn't. It well, you missed it. That's so right. Right. now everything is uh, well documented. Quite frankly, you can pull this up anywhere in a minute, That's and right. uh, it's for and it's for history. So he thought his he thought his little asides and things, and we all do. We all lived in the eighties when this wasn't recorded and That's got right. away with things. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we there just was put no it all in the forefront of things, and we weren't all white folks getting caught doing it. That's right. Uh, Right. And I think his his uh, fault came as he had emails, like he had a paper trail. Like, yeah, who right. does that? Who does that? You know what Baba said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either get it in writing or don't get it in writing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, and the thing about that is, and let's talk about ESPN and um, um, the NFL. You know that environment. And, and and I mentioned this to a couple folks earlier this week when I saw this thing break. I'm not really, you know, surprised at the emails that came out and, and what was revealed. I always thought John John Gruden used to be a coach here in Philadelphia um, in the in the early '90s, so I always knew where he stood, and I never liked him. Um, no matter how much Tony Dungy and Mike uh, Tarico wanted to butter him up last Sunday before the the real news hit out about this guy, but my question about that whole situation is why was he so comfortable you know i know i can't at least i know you can't well i know you can't, we can't send emails on our jobs email address those type of emails out you know you know i mean what made him feel so comfortable in what in that environment to write even send those type of emails you have to realize these are people who came from a time where a certain side lost the Civil War and built monuments to their monumental success in light of that. Right. So these are people who are just going to call black white and white black and green red and red. They're just, they're going to say it and say it and say it and continue to say it loudly and with as many platforms as possible until we all go, ah, oh, it's just deafening and just throw everything down and just run. And then they win. You know how it is where, where those, you know, you're listening to some, God forbid, you're listening. I don't know why you would. <laughs> Unfortunately, my, my traffic reports turn up anywhere, so I don't have a choice as to whether I like where they go. They, they're just what they are. But I've tuned in to where I land sometimes, and I'm like, what? You just want to let some hayseed say whatever on your airwaves? Well, yeah, if it fits what, what it is we're trying to promote, we'll let that hayseed keep going. Right. 
And I remember you and I, when I worked at WWDB, we had some interesting conversations before I potted you up. I'm like, you know, I'm just saying, you, listening to you know, you know, you had a bag over your head when you put them on the air eventually. But yeah, that was your job. You had to put that fool on the air and, and let your and let your host talk around whatever the talking point was. That's right. But we're not allowed to have talking points. We're not no. allowed to have the music we would have. We're not allowed. We're not allowed to be conscious, honey, because what they really want us to do is be happy sleeping or having sex or that's killing right. each other. And that's it. Go ahead. Play your little basketball till you blow an ACL or a knee or whatever. Um, have, have a whole bunch of babies, because if you if you're if you're boning or you're sleeping, you're not in our way. That's right. Mm. Yes, yeah. right. And you're and you're making more people who will listen to this crap and keep promoting the crap in the underside of things, and and pimp culture is the norm when it never was. That's right. Mama and Dad, I, look, I'm a W.E.B. Du Bois girl, all right. So we're already gonna have some problems. We mm. we have we have sororities and fraternities in my family. I'm not a member, but I don't I don't have any affiliation. Um, and and I'm of. I'm of the product of an environment that aspired to more. We didn't wallow, we aspired. Even if you were poor, you mended your clothes carefully with what little you had and you presented something that looked uh, aspirational. That's right. And now it's like, oh, um, yeah, as usual, I passed as many girls of my complexion and darker on the street wearing a sleep bonnet and slippers in the street to wait for the bus. Mm. And no one sees that that's a problem. No, don't don't judge people. They can't afford this and that. Then why were they fur? Fur slippers. Then why is she wearing fur eyelashes, honey? Why does that matter more than getting your hair done and standing with pride on a street corner waiting for a bus to do something that's a daily thing that you do? That's right. Nobody else is standing out there. Well, you're not supposed to be standing out there in your drawers. I don't want to tell you what else. You're not supposed to be standing out there on your drawers waiting on the bus. That's all I'm saying. You know, I don't care what you do for a living. <laughs> it, it, is, wow. it is a shame that you even have to, to say that. Well, well, Lisa, it was a pleasure having you on and, and grace our grace our podcast airways uh, uh, with your your wealth of uh, all the knowledge and history that you that you gave us today in um, in Black Radio. Well, any any final comments or or questions for Lisa before we close this thing out? Uh, we definitely have to bring her back for a part. <laughs> I mean, it, this was just uh, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we still have a lot to cover. We could talk about frequencies, about how yeah. they changed from vinyl to this stupid floppy disk uh, music sound quality and, and everything. There's, there's a whole plethora of things that we That's can right. go through. That, like That's I said, right. this is just the touch of the iceberg. And I do appreciate you coming through, Miss Fairfax. I know our listening audience appreciates you. Um, and like I said, we can we can definitely go through this again. I would love to. Um, yeah, I miss radio. I miss black radio. I miss black radio on FM. I miss not having to search for us unless it's on an intelligent podcast. The, they're they're making it hard for us to find each other. So That's now right. we just have to we do have to do that underground railroad thing. That's Sing right. songs and and use the big dipper and the little dipper and again find each other. And I'd be happy to come back again. You know, Rob, I completely respect what you're doing. And I've always enjoyed you as a black man and a person of uh, culture, a person of intelligence and education who's not afraid to be that guy. It's not, I can't even imagine not being proud of of what you've become in life. So keep on doing what you're doing, fellas. Absolutely. Thank you. It's nice meeting your co-host and I hope we can be together again. 
Thank you. It's all in politics. That's what we do. Give the, the voice to the voiceless and really give that, bring that community-based, you know, uh, podcast out there. So, Walt, let's take us home. Uh, so, once again, we want to thank Mrs. Fairfax for coming through and blessing the mic uh, and blessing your listening ears to giving you some history um, into Black culture. Um, even though we're following wrong trends, we need to get back to that which was instilled in us by our ancestors. And we like to, like I said, once again, thank her for being that vessel to making that connection back. Uh, Ms. Fairfax, is there any platforms or social media um, outlets or anything that if anybody wanted to get in touch with you that you can provide them with at this time? You know what? I'm going to tell you a secret. I'll tell you people and then that's it. Um, all I do is uh, something my sister thought of. Uh, it's on Facebook. I realize it's uh, becoming a dinosaur there, but there are certain ways that you can get around some of the algorithms uh, and have what we call um, a secret place to join and have uh, dialogue. You're invited to come join us on Our Black Space, all mushed together. Try to find Our Black Space on Facebook and see if we'll let you in. <laughs> I, think Rob is, I think Rob's in there. Um, yeah. You have to know somebody and you can't just be um, looking for something to do. We don't, we don't troll. We really don't. It's not a space where white folks are deliberately. Um, my sister's idea was that she, you know, this kind of came during the, uh, the, the late years of Trump. And she said, you know what, I'm, we need to have a platform where people who are marginalized. And she originally thought of an all woman space, uh, originally, uh, for that purpose. And then she said, you know, but, but black people really don't have it. So then she created right. our black space. So our come find space. us on Facebook on our black space, where we talk about things like black colleges and these sorts of conversations and we're hoping to get more happening. I'm not trolling for likes. I don't want to post something and then have you just go, yeah, I like it. And we had a hundred likes. We're trying to, we're trying to have a dialogue there. We That's want right. your, we want your um, uh, difference of opinion to discuss because as black people, we need to be able to be different of opinion and still loving and respectful. And that's, that space. that's what our black space is about on Facebook. Our Black Space Facebook page. Our Black Our Black uh, Space. Yes. Make sure uh, make sure you like that like that page. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing. Yeah, give it a try. If we let you in, you'll be able to talk about some things that uh, that are not that are folks like your job um, holders are not privy to know. That's right. <laughs> you know, we don't allow you to repost something from the page, so to speak. You know, that's you right. To, that's right. It's that kind of space. You're safe that's with right. us. That's, <laughs> that's right. And again, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to get some of this off my chest. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So once thank again, you. this has been another All in Politics Network productions. We thank Ms. Fairfax. We thank you, the listening audience. Uh, you know, me and Rob started this program three years ago. And as Ms. Fairfax stated, we want to keep the community connected, um, whether it's dealing with your mental health, whether dealing with life insurance, dealing with financial, dealing with schooling. Um, we have to give back to the community because the only way for us to grow and prosper and become a prominent people once again is to stay educated and stay connected. So with that being said, uh, we thank you. Uh, we will have a part two and we will keep you connected and let you know of the upcoming podcast that we do bring Ms. Fairfax back. Uh, but thank you. And we bid you guys adieu and have a good night. Peace. <laughs> thank you. you too. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Thank you.
This is All In Politics on the All In Network. It's the real to real. The Jump Off with your host, Walt Damage and Rob Cooper Jr. Music by 